Hey, I'm Jason Wood, the VA Loan Guy and host of the Armed and Ready podcast. Please come and check out this exciting episode we have for you. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Armed and Ready podcast. I am your host, Jason Wood, the VA Loan Guy. Today, we have Army veteran Chris Snyder joining us. Chris, thanks so much for being on the show today. Hey, anytime. Thanks for having me, Jason. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. So you have a pretty cool background. Um, you have you come from a family of veterans, right? Dads, uncles, big tradition in your family, which I think is super cool that you carried it on and, and the fact that so many people in your family have served. Um, so tell us a little bit about your service. You're in the Army. I know you got deployed um, a few times and um, kind of bring us into what you're doing now. But how'd you get into the Army? I mean, I know there was some influence there. Did you go s- straight out of high school or how'd you do it? I joined kind of late. Um, I was 27. I had uh, my own business at the time, kind of just, it, it was, it wasn't really, I wasn't passionate about it. And I, I had wanted to join the army since I was a kid, you know, playing with the GI Joes. My grandfather is in world war two. That's actually his flag back behind me, as you can see. Um, it's, just, it's just been a family tradition. And, you know, around 27, I'm like, you know what? I can't wait any longer. Uh, I'm not getting any younger. I have to do this, you know, now or never. Uh, and just things just fell in line. Uh, I joined, I did the, I did the minimal, the three years initially. Um, and signed up for infantry. I did the airborne school thing. I wanted all that. I wanted to jump out of the airplanes, do all that cool stuff. Uh, ended up reenlisting for five years. So <laughs> I, I liked it enough to do that. <laughs> That's cool. So you, did you do eight total? No, I actually ended up getting out a little early. Uh, I sustained a few injuries and I just wasn't, recovering fast enough, just, you know, getting older and <laughs> you know, it is. <laughs> yeah. Was it interesting going in? I mean, a, a lot of people, and I know, you know, when I joined too, I joined a little bit later, I was in college, but pretty much everybody who was in was, you know, fresh out of high school, the majority anyways. Right. So they're 18 and you know, you're coming in at, at 27. Was that odd at all or awkward for you? Yeah, I mean, at first, yeah. Um, I, th- I think I would like to say that I'm humble enough to understand that my squad leader at the time might have been 21 years old and I, I had a lot more uh, life experience than me, but he had a lot more military experience. So, I, I mean, it, it is what it is. But yeah, initially, it's like this guy is, you know, almost 10 years younger than me. He's, he's my boss, essentially. Um, I felt like being the older guy, though, had a little bit of benefit because. I think I got left alone a little bit by the, by some of the, I didn't get messed with as much as some of the younger guys did. Um, and you know what? I would end up helping my boss with his taxes or, you know, like his <laughs> mortgage stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Just I've dealt with that, you know, prior to the military. So it worked out well for me, I think, in that in that regards, for sure. You got deployed a couple times. Well, Afghanistan was one of your deployments, right? Uh, just the one time, yeah, to Afghanistan, yeah. Uh, roughly 10 months, uh, OEF 12 into 13. It was 12 to 13. How was that? One of my things about Afghanistan is it's it's a beautiful country. Um, absolutely gorgeous. The mountain ranges, just there's a lot of different tribes and cultures. I mean, it, it, there really is a lot of culture there that's a lot of people don't talk about. Most people think Afghanistan's a desert when, you know, one of their biggest exports is lumber. You know what I mean? It's just... Wow. It's not all not all like deserts. It's mountains and it's gorgeous land, and it's, it it really is a gorgeous uh, country for sure. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, all we see on the news here is kind of that desert landscape, you know, and in the barren mountains. They show all the doom and gloom, but they don't show you the beautiful parts of it. You know, obviously the combat is is there, but 
I like to think about the the mountains personally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, what'd you do when you got out? Um, I kind of had a pretty solid plan. I think a lot of infantry guys, I was infantry. Um, they have these illusions of grandeur. They think they're going to get out and, you know, make 200 grand a year doing the security contracting. And I'm not gonna lie. I, I, I was kind of one of those guys. Um, I was like, yeah, I'll just do that. And, you know, I didn't think about it up until probably about a year and a half, two years from my separation date. I was like, you know what? Let's be smart about this. Let's have like a backup plan and then a backup plan, like two or three backup plans, college, you know, um, have a job possibly lined up, do, you know? And I was like, you know what? I grew up building computers, um, doing kind of nerdy stuff on the side as a hobby. You know, why don't I explore uh, some type, some type of you know, IT field. Let's, where is that going to take me? Yeah. And I ended up getting out of, uh, out of the service, going to UNF uh, in Jacksonville, just, just to use some of the GI bill and kind of buy me some time to look for a job. And I ended up getting hired on as a entry level, just, you know, service desk technician, um, basic IT help, like support, you know, you go fix, you know, plug in people's mice and keyboards, you know, do all that stuff. Get their printers working. <laughs> yeah, it's like my monitor's not working. Come help me, Chris. I'm like, all right, all right. And that kind of segued into um, a security job. I'm now in cybersecurity and it's it's going really well. Um, and it's kind of where the direction I wanted to go getting out of the military. I wanted, I know I wanted to do IT and I know eventually I wanted to start doing um, some type of engineering or whatever. But then I got a little taste of the cybersecurity stuff, you know, um, blue team, which is like defending against hackers, detecting them, you know, investigating it, a little bit of direct digital forensics, that kind of stuff interested me. So that's, that's pretty much what I'm doing now. I'm a uh, security analyst at a cybersecurity firm. Nice. You know, cyber, like cyber warfare, cybersecurity is a big deal these days. What is it like? Like, how do you detect? Like, how do you, like, it's not like you're going on Google and like, Hey, show me the bad guys, right? Like, right, so how, yeah. how do you how do you do this stuff? I mean, it it's just kind of like a buzzword to those of us that aren't computer savvy. But what can you t share with us a little bit about like like the how you do it or what you do? Yes. So my company in particular, um, we essentially have appliances that our customers use that runs alongside their network traffic. So let's say this is their network traffic. Our devices run in parallel, right? Um, in real time, we're able to analyze the data that goes across their network. Um, the attacker doesn't realize that we're, we're, we're monitoring this, right? right? So we're able to monitor in real time and respond to that. Um, so if there's an active attack, we'll call it, we'll reach out to the client, let them know, you know, hey, this happened or this is happening. It's an ongoing thing. You may want to look into it, you know, whatever. Um, that's, that's like the general gist of it is we monitor the, the traffic for anything out of the ordinary and um, try to prevent, you know, major breaches or attacks if we can. You guys obviously see something, right? If someone attempts, then it, it triggers you guys in a way, right? Yeah, we, we have an alerting system built in. It's a, uh, we have, we build these custom rules. So they'll alert us based on what triggered that rule, right? We'll look at it, you know, part of the analyst's job is to analyze that, that alert, say, hey, is this a real thing? Is this a hacker? Is this, you know, just, just noise, you know? Um, and that's where, that's where the, the cream of the crop, that's, that's where meat and potatoes is. We analyze traffic. We let the client know, Hey, this is a real deal. You need to look into this, take care of this immediately. Or we can just tell them, Hey, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. 
in your line of work, do you have to have like a background in like coding or writing software or what kind of like, what kind of things would be helpful for Like if someone was looking to maybe head down that career path. I literally had a text from a buddy about 10 minutes ago before we started. Uh, he's like, Hey man, so how do I get into this? Cause he's, he's actually getting ready to get out himself, uh, coming off a 12 year career. And he sees me, you know, I'm like, I'm happy guy. I'm, you know, I enjoy what I do. Really good friends. He's like, Hey, so how do I get into this? You know, how do I get started? Um, my advice would be to, if you don't have an IT background already, start trying to get one. Um, there's a lot of beginner courses online for free. Uh, Vet Tech is a pretty good program. I'm, I think you, you're probably aware of that one. Uh, if they don't run out of funding, that is. <laughs> I mean, they, yeah, you got to get in on that one early. But um, there's a lot of uh, free stuff available for veterans training-wise. Um, Vet, I think it's FedVet TE. They do some free cybersecurity training. Um, but the biggest thing is if you, if you don't have any experience, go out, study, get some, uh, an entry level certification, you know, like a uh, CompTIA, they have some pretty good ones. They have a plus, uh, security plus. Those are kind of like the base ones to get you started. Okay. Um, that would be my recommendation that gets your foot in the door, either at a, you know, a service job, or maybe if you're lucky an entry level cybersecurity gig, or even an internship at a cybersecurity place. I mean, it, it's, a lot of it is has to do with your background and your willingness to learn on your own and apply that and your resume. Your resume has got to look a little pretty decent. <laughs> yeah. And those certifications help. I know I have um, a friend who's in the Marine Corps in kind of like that cyberspace. And um, right. he was just telling me, you know, that there's a lot of really cool opportunities, active duty, especially if you're in that field to get some of these civilian certifications, like you go through the same similar courses, right? But the military pays for it and you get it for free. So you can stack up all these certifications. And then when it's time for, to pull chocks and go civilian, you're ready to roll. Uh, the, the thing about being active duty is uh, tuition assistance. Um, I think that covers some of the certification costs. I mean, it's, I, I've been out for a few years now, so I'm not hundred percent actively sure about that. But I know that it, that's still a thing where you can take, you know, college courses while you're active duty. Because I did it. I took a few. Um, even when I was in Afghanistan, I knocked out a couple classes. But, you know, they mailed you a book and you're just like, you know, in the middle of the side of a mountain somewhere. You're like, okay, I guess I'll work on this, you know, <laughs> in between activities. <laughs> awesome, man. So um, what would you say, you know, is there anything that you take, any lessons or, or leadership advice or things that kind of resonated with you from your time while serving, or maybe even advice since you have so much family that was in the military, um, just any sort of like sound kind of leadership military advice that you still kind of carry with you today that resonates? Oh yeah, absolutely. I would say the biggest thing, and I actually get complimented on a lot of, a lot of times is I'm, I, I come off as level-headed often. I think a lot of that has to do with how I frame things. Um, framing things is like, let's say you get a flat tire, you know, um, Instead of saying, oh, man, I got a flat tire, you'd be like, well, hey, I'm going to get a little workout today. You know what I mean? It's just it's like taking a negative, some, some type of event, turning it into a positive and just literally all throughout your day, try doing that. And that will, that will carry you through so many things. So many difficult, difficult times in your life, you will just blow by them and you're like, wow, that's pretty amazing. I, I got through that. No problem. Um, cool. And then another thing is like with the family you had mentioned is um, for maybe some of the family members of service members, you know, getting out of service, 
gotta, you gotta understand you're kind of like in a little time capsule when you're in the, in the military. Um, even, even like you and I, we joined late, we had a little bit of life experiences. There was still an adjustment period getting back. I mean, I got caught up in the, you know, the Robin hood syndrome where you were just kind of like, you know, a lot of your responsibilities you had prior to the military like kind of went away for a while then you you get back into the real world and you're like oh man i got all this stuff to do and it's, some of that can be overwhelming for a lot of veterans getting out especially ones that joined when they're younger uh they join when they're 18 they went from parents house to being you know parented by the military and then they get out and they're like i still don't know how to do my taxes you know it's so i mean that would that would be the biggest thing is um just be patient with your family members when they get out of service. If you know that, that is something they had to deal with. No, I think that's good advice. I see a lot in the mortgage space, um, active duty members who, you know, straight out of high school and, and go into the military and, you know, military doesn't teach you some of the basic things, you know, bouncing checkbooks, paying bills, doing your taxes. Right. I mean, you know, that all that stuff is basically handled for you to what you wear, what you eat, where you sleep, like, so you don't have to think about a lot of that stuff, which is great. I mean, for, for training and having a military, that's exactly what you want. But when it comes, yeah, when it comes to application in, in the civilian world, there's a, there's a learning gap there. Um, so yeah, that's, I, I see that quite a bit. Um, what kind of advice would you give uh, somebody who is planning their separation from the military? You know, maybe, maybe the contract is coming up in a couple of years. Um, and they're thinking, okay, well, I'm not going to re-enlist. I'm going to jump back into the civilian world. What what tips would you suggest for them? So the first thing is, uh, if you if you know when you're getting out, that's that's a good start. Some people they don't. You know, the medical separation might come up. It doesn't admin separation, whatever. But if you have a good idea of when you're getting out, a year or two out, start planning that. Don't wait till you're in the taps or whatever they call it now, like the final. You know, you do your fake interviews and all that stuff. Don't wait till then. Start doing a year out, tell your command, get, you know, hey, you know, I want to start preparing to get out. And they're all they're supposed to take care of you in that regard. Um, have one, two, three plans. Don't just plan on one thing, because if that thing doesn't work out, I mean, you're kind of stuck in a rut. I would suggest at bare minimum signing up for college. You may have to pay 30 bucks for the application fee, but that's it. A couple hours of your time. Uh, get registered at your local college where you plan on moving. Um, the GI Bill is an absolute dream. Uh, I don't think a lot of people take advantage of it as they should. I mean, you get paid to go to school. They pay for all your books and everything. It's that's I would say do that first um, as a primary goal. Then work on the career thing. Unless you have that lined up, then you could you know inverse it. Right. But I, I highly suggest doing the college thing um, if you need it, and then lining up a job, and then maybe having a backup job. Uh, making sure your resume is tight, do the LinkedIn thing. Get the, you get a free year of LinkedIn premium as of, uh, I don't know if it's active or veteran, but I know you get a free year. Yeah. Um, start network, networking. Networking has been my biggest benefit when I got out. Just guys I was in the military with and, you know, a couple of my friends, they've actually ended up getting me jobs, you know, or at least hooking me up with, you know, a random security contract or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And it was just people I was friends with in the military. You see day to day. Don't just, when you get out, just, you know, say bye. Even when you move duty stations, keep in contact with these people because just because you're doing the same job in the military absolutely does not mean that's what everyone's going to be doing when they get out. I have friends doing, doing the complete opposite uh, of what they were doing in the military. I mean, I was infantry and I'm now, I'm, you know, I, 
I'm in IT, which is the, I, I think is the polar opposite. Yeah, totally. You're not carrying a sack and a rifle anymore. I don't think my back would appreciate that one. <laughs> no, I think, and, and you hear that old cliche, you know, your network is your net worth, right? And um, probably not something that most military folks put a lot of thought into. When you're on the civilian side, I think you think about it more. Um, but it truly is, you know, as you were saying, super important. I know, you know, just through my life, most of my jobs and things have been through my network, you know, someone referred me or put in a good word or said, Hey, go talk to this guy. I'll introduce you or whatever. Um, and that's, what's put me in all these different positions. Right. Is that how you got, is that how you got into the, the mortgage industry? Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Exactly. That's, I just fell into it based on a couple of my college buddies. Right. And, um, ended up becoming a career and, and the current company I work with was just through kind of networking and knowing some people. And, and, you know, here we are here today at, at uh, um, American Mortgage Network and my company. And um, yeah, but it's all been networking. It was never like I went on a website, found the apply now link and then got a call. Right. Like, and I've done that in the past, like never happens. Right. I don't think I've ever gotten a job by going apply now on some company website. I don't think we've even got a call by doing that. So, so yeah, that networking thing is huge. And, um, you know, what's, what's interesting too, when you think about that is a lot of our like brothers and sisters who were in the military and go out in the civilian world, a lion's share of them end up being pretty successful. Right. I think, I think inherently the, um, the discipline kind of the thought process of project management, work ethic, work ethic like that stuff doesn't leave you most for most people. Right. And so, they're great contacts to have after the military because um, they're usually doing something. They're usually doing something pretty good and probably looked at pretty highly by their superiors or whomever. So, you know, they have a little influence and um, yeah, there's a lot of weight in that. I really, really think that's good advice. Um, so you mentioned um, before, and I got to, I got to jump on this because real estate and mortgage is my space. But um, you, you know, before you went into the military, you had a house and I imagine now you do too. So um, tell us a little bit about your, your own kind of real estate experience. Um, Cause that's, that's a topic for, you know, military folks too, that there's a lot of unknowns and questions about, right? Right. I bought my first house in 2018. I had gotten out in the army 2017. I had um, started my new job early 2018, bought a house in the area using the VA loan, uh, very low rates. Um, and essentially it was zero down. I mean, you could just roll any fees into that mortgage itself. I mean, you might have to wire a little bit of money just for the deposit or whatever, but it's not a big deal. And the process was not that painful, to be honest with you. Um, I think the inspections are a little bit more intense, but other than that, it was, um, my realtor was great. The inspector was great. And then I got a better job up in Jacksonville. So I moved up here and ended up, I actually, I'm, my house that I'm in now, I bought in February, same thing. I, I, I used the VA loan again and, you know, down the road, I might um, refinance into the interest uh, rate, you know, the, the, Earl, the Earl. Yeah. 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 And drop your rate. Um, but it's all, it's, it's all relatively easy. And, I, and I've seen your company, what you guys do. And I, I wish I had known about you before because I mean, it, it just looks laid out perfectly easy to do and streamlined everything. And I've actually sent a couple people to you. So hopefully they use your services. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, 
that's that's my passion. Obviously, is serving our military community. So you know, the VA loan is you know obviously I'm the VA loan guy. So that's my niche. That's my area of specialty. Um, but the cool thing you mentioned there, and this is a really common myth that I get a lot, is you bought your your next house with the VA loan. And I hear a lot of buzz, you know, especially with guys active duty who haven't owned yet. Um, or like, yeah, yeah, someone in my unit told me, wait till I buy the big house, the family house, you know, when I'm all settled. And um, Eric's wire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't do that, right? I mean, you're just you're just leaving money on the table doing that. So, um, yeah, you can reuse the VA loan. It's a lifetime benefit. It never goes away. So. I mean, you can buy and sell. I've got clients that have a couple houses, both on VA loans because entitlement worked out well for them in that that way. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, it's a super, super good tool. And um, and if you look at, uh, there was a statistic that I just, I, I read that um, um, like 45, uh, veterans that have retired and owned real estate are worth like $450,000 more net worth than someone, someone who didn't own real estate, who is a veteran and, and hits retirement. It's, it's, it's such, such a great, great benefit, benefit and the, the, the rates, rates are low. And then a lot of people don't know that if you refinance into an Earl loan, you can use your VA loan again. So if you wanted to do maybe an investment property, I mean, tell me, it, it, I could be wrong, but. Yeah, the Earl loan is, um, is really cool. The, it stands for interest rate reduction refinance loan. So the, the neat benefit about that is, is if rates are lower than where you're currently at, um, it's a very, very reduced um, process. So the VA, it's probably the only thing in the government where they like use common sense, right? So, so they'll, so they'll go like, Hey Chris, you, yeah, right. I mean, they'll be like, Hey Chris, you've been paying on your your loan at three point eight percent for a year, no, never missed a payment, and now rates are two point eight percent, a whole rate, a whole percentage point lower. Um, kind of a no brainer. If we reduce that payment, you wouldn't have an issue paying it, right? Because it's less and you've paid more and been fine. So that's pretty much the approval process, right? So they don't make you, they don't make you do an appraisal. They don't make you requalify, meaning you don't have to reprove you can pay for the loan and all that stuff. Cause it's a no brainer. You you've already done it. Already done it. You've proven it with your actions. So it's really cool in that sense because it's quick, it's easy, um, pretty painless and you can drop your rate. Um, the other thing that is, is neat about the VA loan is, you know, let's say, you decide to move out of your house in Jacksonville and, and buy, you know, somewhere else. You maybe get another cool job and you had to come out here to San Diego or something. Um, <laughs> I do have to because I have to d- visit Dylan. So we're going to we're going to link up for sure. See, absolutely. Um, but you could you could leave the VA loan on your Jacksonville house and put a, put a tenant in there, make it a rental property and then move you know wherever the next place might be and use VA loan again to buy the next house. So it just has to be intended to be your primary home each time that you use it. Um, and you know, there's, there's a lot of, of detail that kind of goes into that, but, um, it's super versatile. And I think the, um, the, the home run swing in using that is while you're active duty, while you're serving. Oh, absolutely. Cause you have BAH and that's tax free money, free housing income. Why would you not use that to, to buy a house and yeah, and 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 create a little bit of wealth for yourself and, and your own family rather than just giving that away to somebody else, whether that's the housing authority or some you know renter or apartment complex. I live on base in one of the probably substandard living when you can live you know ten minutes outside of off base and have a, a great house that you're you know you're you're building some wealth off of. Honestly, yeah. the guy I bought my house from, he was in the Navy. He was he PCS to another duty station. 
And he actually, you know, it's funny. He saw that it was a VA loan and that was part of his uh, reason for accepting my offer. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. See, that's, that's another example of uh, yeah, no. veterans help each other out, I guess. <laughs> yeah. No, I see it here, you know, in San Diego, you know, there's a lot of military here. And I've seen some transactions where, you know, we're representing the, the buyer who's um, maybe active duty and the, the seller. We had one um, recently and the seller was a Vietnam era veteran. And there was a lot of offers on the house because the market's really hot. And um, he was like, you know, I'd, I'd rather sell it to the military guy. And his offer wasn't the strongest, highest dollar or anything else. He's like, you know, I'd rather hook him and his family up than, you know, make an extra whatever X dollars by just selling to any average Joe. And um, so it worked out that networking really connected him. And, you know, the, the active Marine, he got his house, you know, for his family. Yeah, I bet he was thrilled and, you know, very appreciative. I actually met the I met the couple that was selling me the house um, on my final walkthrough. And they were, they were telling me like, yeah, you know, like there's a little bit better offers, but we saw it was a VA loan. And, you know, he gave me kind of he gave me a little bit of crap because I was in the army. So he did a little trash, trash talk, but shook hands and, you know, I said goodbye to him. I got their phone number. And we, you know, stay in touch. But, <laughs> but yeah, they accepted because I was, uh, you know, I had the VA loan. I just, I mean. That's just like an unwritten benefit of having it is that situation, I'm sure, uh, arises more often than not. Whereas, a, you know, veterans sell in the house and they see a VA loan, they're like, okay. My last house, I actually, one of the offers I had, it fell through, unfortunately, but I saw it was a VA loan. I was like, you know what? I'll take that one over the other one that might have been slightly better. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a real world truth. I mean, and I, you know, I do that just even in my daily things, you know, if I'm looking to have something done on the house or, you know, go to a, a business or something, you know, if it's, if it's veteran owned, that draws my attention and, the same way. <laughs> and nine times out of 10, that's, that's where I'm going to spend my money. Right. Um, so that, that network is huge. So you gotta, you gotta be proud of it and make sure you're re- retaining those relationships, creating those new relationships. Um, cause, um, there's only 1% of the population of us out there that served. Right. So, um, it is a finite, you know, fraternity. And, um, but it's important that we, we take care of each other and leverage it. It's, it's really, yeah, I mean, the company I work for now, um, Quadrant Information Security, they're one of the most friendly, uh, for veterans organizations I've ever worked for. I would say at least half of our company is veterans. Uh, the gentleman that owns the company, uh, president, he's a Marine veteran. Um, all the guys in my department, I'd say about 60% of them are veterans. We just hired two more veterans. Uh, we're actually actively hiring, um, I don't know if you, I can drop the, the information here, but um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Quadrant Information Security in Jacksonville, Florida, hiring actively. So look at it, you know, check it out. Um, great company to work for, and like you said, it's it's all about networking. It's it, it's veterans helping each other out, you know. Um, and you mentioned before the work ethic thing, and it it really does carry on with you. Um, I remember myself in particular before the military. I'm not going to say I was lazy, but I was, I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't motivated. Let's put it that way. Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, definitely a, a noticeable difference from before the, the military. And then when I get out, I'm like, just, just minor daily things. I'm like, man, this would have taken me three days to do before. Now I just ten, take 10 minutes out of my day to get it done. And it's done. <laughs> Chris, I, as we, as we wrap up here, I want to ask you, you know, as I asked a lot of our guests, what does armed and ready mean to you? Armed and ready, that can mean a lot of things. Uh, I think being armed is having the tools necessary to succeed. Um, 
like I said, you know, you have your networking, uh, your, your resume, all the, all these things that you can consider, uh, your weapons for success, right? So you're armed, um, being ready means being ready to, to use them. You need to know how to use them effectively. Um, part of networking could be people showing you how to use those tools effectively. Um, and it's not just from veterans, but from, you know, civilian friends or whatever. Uh, I, I leaned up pretty heavily on some um, technical recruiters for their input, help me tailor my resume a little bit. And that actually that got me my current job was just a little bit of assistance. Um, but yeah, but being ready is, is being able to use those tools that you've, you've built and accumulated. Um, but yeah, that arm the ready, those two things. It's great. Well, Chris, um, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. It's always great to have, you know, another veteran in the network and just learn your story, man, and, and share it. I think it's awesome what you're doing and, uh, you know, thank you for your service and, uh, I appreciate you, man. Have a good one. Thank you so much for checking out today's episode. If you have any questions about the guests on the show, please reach out to me at valoneguy.us.